0: Welcome to the Life Giver Marriage Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope for your military or first responder marriage. This is your host, Corey Weathers, and I'm honored to share this journey with you. We're
1: marching Hi, this is Dr. John Townsend, and you're listening to Life Giver.
0: Hi, this is Kaya Kyle, and you're listening to Life
1: Giver. Zane Weathers, and you're listening to the Life Giver Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the
0: LifeGiver Podcast. This is Corey, and we are in the middle of a series called Generation Z raising kids in the chaos. And this is the third episode and I thought if we were going to have a series on raising kids and teens that we needed to talk with a teenager and we needed to talk to a Generation Z kid. So today I am pleased to offer an interview with my son Aiden who is almost 14 like in two days and he's going into high school and i thought um, it would be a great opportunity to not only talk about what his experience is in school his experience as a military kid but also what it's like considering um, he is moving a lot he's in the school he has successfully completed middle school which is a huge deal and maybe he could give us some honest conversation about what it's like to be a genera- generation Z kid. And more than anything, you guys know that in this podcast, I do my best to be authentic with you and have honest conversation. In fact, that's what we say, the LifeGiver podcast, it's a place for honest conversation. And so I have told Aiden that we are going to have an honest conversation. And that means even if he wants to talk about rules that he doesn't like that his father and I have come up with, or if those rules aren't working or, or whatever, it is an honest conversation. And so I'm happy to introduce Aiden. Say hey. hi, Aiden. Hey. <laughs> That's usually all you get from a teenager, right? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Okay. So um, to start off with, um, Aiden, in case you didn't know, you are Generation Z, which means Generation Z was born in the mid-90s into about 2012. You were born 2004, so you fit right in there some of the things that we have discovered in this series is that generation z has um, some different mindsets than their parents so for example um, i've heard things such as generation z kids would rather lose their sense of smell than their devices believe it or not um, because a lot of the teenagers are really focused on their phones and their devices Um, I've heard things like Generation Z kids really are focused more on family more than anything else. Like they really have a heart for family, even more than career. Sort of. um, That sort of thing. So that's what I want to talk with you about and ask Mm -hmm. you about your experience, um, ask you about your experience with friends. Um, And even more than that, what I really hope to talk with you about is um, your experience as a military kid specifically, because we hear a lot of stories about military kids struggling, um, moving in and out of schools, and what that experience is like. So um, let's just start off with why don't you introduce yourself, maybe talk about a little bit about what you love to do, um, how you like to spend your time, that sort of thing. What is it like to be in Team Weathers?
1: You gotta lean so, forward to the mic though. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm Aiden Weathers. Um, I love to build models. I love to do gaming, but I, I really don't like the uh, M rated or first person shooters. And I think that's because uh, my mom and dad have instilled that in me that I need to be able to go on without losing my sense of sensitivity to that. Like, they say maybe I can do it when my brain's fully formed. And I agree <laughs> with that. Um, it is tough being a military kid definitely There's so a... let,
0: let me ask you a question because you brought up video games um, and video games are huge just in the culture in general right now mm-hmm. so why don't you talk with me a little bit about um, what is it like with your friends like how big is video games to you and your friends especially at this age
1: so my particular friend group were all really big Nintendo fans, most of them, most because it's just a really fun game. It's a really fun uh, company and they do make kid friendly games. Um, a couple of them do play some first person shooters from time to time, um, and I'm perfectly fine with that. I just believe that if I don't do that, I'll be good.
0: So let's talk about that a little bit because I hear from both you and your brother a lot that more kids than not play first person shooter games so I hear um, names like Fortnite, mm-hmm. Call of Duty I'm not sure what some of the other ones are that are out there. So Halo. What, Halo, yeah that's a big one. So what is it like for you um, to not be able to play some of those games um, and just to kind of let listeners in on why that was a decision that Matt and I made um, was really just because of the research and because our job is really mental health and it's mental health all week, every week. And so um, it is just we've dived into that research on mental health and the sensitivity that um, goes down over time with first person shooters. So that was a rule that we made. So. Are those some of the are there any other games that kids are talking about and are most kids playing those kinds of games and if so how do you feel about not being able to play
1: those I think it's mostly like the boys that are playing the game the first person shooters and Fortnite it's it's a third person shooter but it's pretty much the exact same thing as like Call of Duty
0: Okay so educate me what Fortnite is do you know
1: So uh, from what I've seen um, from like videos and stuff, I haven't been watching them, but I've seen other people watching mm-hmm. them. Um, you basically have this sort of cartoonish character that can do a victory dance when you hit a button, <laughs> and basically there's a hundred people playing online, and they start out on this bus, and then they drop off whenever they want, and there's weapons and tools and stuff scattered around the the whole like map area. And they have to collect those and start killing off each other one by one. It's a battle royale until the first person, until there's la- one last person standing. And I feel that just like, even though I'm not allowed to play it, I kind of want to mm-hmm. to be in with the crowd. But I realize, I think it's even worse when you see yourself in the game, shooting them. When it's a first-person shooter, you just see the gun and just like boom, they're mm-hmm. gone. Um, but. Even though it has no blood and it's only rated teen, um, even though it's third person, I think it's much, much worse when you see, like, a body of a human that you envision yourself as mm. shooting somebody and being like, was that me?
0: Mm. So what is it like for you and for your friends in the conversations that you have? Do you feel left out when they're talking about the games that they're playing that you're not able to play?
1: Well, we hardly talk about that, but... Um, whenever like some guy somebody brings up the subject i just i don't really get in the topic i just the only thing i say is just like i don't play first person shooters because i don't really like them i don't like what they do to you and do you feel like your friends respect
0: you for that or do they give you a hard time
1: um i think it's somewhere in the middle but leans more towards the respect side
0: so what kinds of things have they said or done that makes you feel like um, they don't respect it or give you a hard time.
1: Um, I think it's just like they've said sometimes like um, I okay, can't re- I good. can't really remember this is like conversation, they haven't so it's really okay. <laughs> they haven't really said a lot of stuff when I say like I just don't play it. But when there's other people that say it they're like why don't you it's because like it's a third person shooter it's cartoony it's fine. I just say, I'm just, I don't like killing, I don't like the thought or the vision of killing people. So, and I
0: know that around the dinner table, we've had several conversations about how some kids, and maybe this is more your brother than you, but um, I know you've heard it too, that sometimes the kids say, well, your parents are too
1: strict. Uh, Yes. That's been said to me many times, even before middle school.
0: What is that like for, (laughs) what is that like for you to hear that? I'm not laughing at you. I'm Mm -hmm. laughing at how often that probably happens and mm-hmm. we get labeled that way sometimes. Um,
1: I think it definitely makes me feel a little sad and hurt on the inside. But at the same time, it also makes me realize that if it weren't for you guys and your rules, I I would be like them.
0: So is there anything negative about them that you notice? Or are you just hoping that it's all going to work out?
1: Um. I think that when like I see them like affected by the first-person shooters and stuff, they don't have um, a big. They don't make it a big deal watching that kind of stuff. They don't make it. They don't think it's a big deal when some guy goes up to another guy and just like points a pistol at his head and just pulls the trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they think that's a big deal, and honestly, that is a big deal to me because I don't think anybody should have their life virtually or real- in reality ended that way. So
0: that brings up a huge question I have for you, which is um, you're in a a totally different culture than I was growing up. In fact, when I was in school, most of the drills that we had in school were like tornado drills, fire Mm -hmm. drills, that sort of thing. And you now um, have to go through active shooter drills. And I remember um, when we had just moved to one installation. In fact, it might have been here at Fort Jackson, actually. Um, or your first day of school. Oh, Do you remember yes.
1: That? I hated that. Your
0: first day of school. They had an active shooter drill on your first day of school. And it was your very first active shooter drill too. Right.
1: So very first active shooter drill, very first day of school. And so I'm just sitting in the classroom in elementary school. I think this was at CC Pickney mm-hmm. here. Last time <laughs> we were here in Fort Jackson. Um, and so all of a sudden they say, like, this is an active shooter drill. Everybody get into the closets. Mm-hmm. And we have a light on in the closets. Or actually, yeah, we did. And so I'm I'm scared. You were terrified. I was absolutely terrified. I thought, I thought some guy was going to burst in there with a machine gun and mow us all down.
0: Well, and I also remember you saying when you came home that you had planned to use your textbook mm-hmm. as a way of protecting you. Like, this was really scary for you. You we were in elementary school. Um, you had not been through this before. Um, and it didn't help that we had just moved, too. So there was no so chance like, for you no to even friends. feel si- Yeah, you didn't feel safe no in the school. Uh, yeah. No
1: nothing. It's just like, it's like, walking into school, no friends. I'm just going to make some friends today. No big deal. Active shooter drill. Yeah, that was Absolutely terrible. awful.
0: Okay, so that brings up this question that I have for you of... I know that this is your life, and this is you don't know anything different other than what you get to experience every day. Um, but what is it like for you to go to school, or now to many schools, and have active shooter drills as part of your life, um, and also the occasional knowing, at least, that it's on the news and and that sort of thing.
1: Um, so we haven't had any active shooter drills since then, but. Um most of the time, like almost every day, uh I run through a scenario in my head like if a shooter were to come in here, what would I do? What would mm-hmm. I do in the event that somebody came in here with a loaded gun and I needed to protect myself. And recently I read this article on like what household items can actually uh stop bullet shots. Like if they come in with a rifle, you pretty much stand no chance. Mm-hmm. But if they come in with like a pistol, uh, it's, a, it's really surprising when I read it. There's a lot of things that I think would block one that actually don't. So, for example, um, a cast iron skillet will actually not block a bullet. It'll really? tear right through it. Uh, a refrigerator won't, but a solid wood door will stop it. But mm. it was very interesting, but it still leaves me scared every day to think that somebody's going to come bursting in and try to kill people.
0: Have you talked to any of your friends about it when it's come on the news. Do, do you guys at the lunch table talk about it? Do you guys bring it up at all or does it stay pretty quiet?
1: And we, we don't really talk about that stuff. I think mostly because I don't think a lot of us watch the news. And so we just sort of mind our own business and don't really worry about it. But I think if something happened to a school very close to here, then I definitely think that we would end up start talking about it and maybe figuring out ways to protect ourselves
0: such a scary topic, and I I cannot imagine what it's like to be in your skin and have to even think about that. And as a mom, that just kind of rips me apart to even imagine what that is like for you. I know as a mom, I feel completely helpless. Um, You know, I almost almost want to sit next to you at school every day. (laughs) Not that I could protect you completely, you know, but that's just what I, you know, I think that's what moms do. And I'm not necessarily something that I can do. So let me, ch- I'll change the subject just mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, let's talk about cell phones. Let's talk about devices, smartphones. Oh. So <laughs> you're sighing about that. No, I'm not um, sighing. I'm just saying
1: like, that's a really big topic. Yeah,
0: that is a very big topic and not easy to talk about. And I'm proud of you for opening up and talking about it because I think, like you said, there's a lot of kids that are thinking about it like you are. Um And not knowing what they would do and not knowing if they should talk about it at the lunch table. Um, Which actually, maybe before I switch topics, do you feel like you could talk to your friends about it or is it easier just to get through the day, just everybody ignoring the topic? Um,
1: I think it's a little easier with everybody ignoring the topic, but I honestly think that within everybody's heads, they're sort of doing the same thing I'm doing, maybe to a lesser extent, maybe to a greater extent. But they're running through and trying to figure out how they would protect themselves or escape in that situation.
0: So I know that I said we would talk about cell phones next, but maybe the next question um, should be bullying. Maybe we talk about that for a second. Mm -hmm. Because all the adults and the news and, and everybody talks about the fact that a lot of these active shooters... Especially in school situations, have been bullied or mm. um, struggled like with self-esteem or rejected. Yeah, and so what has been your experience of bullying? Like whether you've seen it happen, or whether it's happened to you. Like what is bullying
1: like nowadays in middle school? Um, definitely at this school more than others. I've seen a lot more bullying, and it's usually I mean because we're in South Carolina, mm-hmm. it's usually between like a black kid or a black mm-hmm. and a black girl or two black ki- boys. Um, and normally they're like laughing when they're sort of like holding on to each other and like throwing each other around. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, whenever I see that, I just try to get in it and say like, stop this, this, this isn't good. So, the- so I remember one of my very first experiences with bullying here Um, I was walking down the halls to this one class and um, I see there's this like little crowd of people and I make my way through and it's not that big of a crowd but it's like a little bit that's slowly moving forward and they're moving along and there's a black girl and a black boy who are like semi duking it out Mm -hmm. sort of like fake fighting but they're still like hitting each other softly I think and they're laughing and stuff. But, like, they start throwing kicks and throwing each other around. And I just, I run into there and say, like, you guys need to stop this. I don't like it. Did they stop? Yeah, they did.
0: I'm proud of you. I can't believe you got in the middle of that. Was everybody else just kind of standing by watching?
1: Yeah, honestly. I just think, along, along with the um, gun topic, I definitely think that nobody should be hurt. Definitely. Either mentally or physically or emotionally. Mm-hmm. I, I hate it to see people like that.
0: Well, I know um, we won't necessarily share the story but because um, I think it's a little bit personal, but I think that there's definitely been another situation where you felt like your friend was um, maybe not bullied per se, but kind of targeted a little bit, and um, and you were able to talk with him about it. Um, one thing that I know about your personality is that there's you tend to let things kind of roll right off of you. You're a super positive person, um, and some things don't seem to bother you as much as other people um, so even if somebody were to give you a hard time, like you seem to either bounce back pretty good or ignore it or, or something, but, um, somehow you've kind of gotten pretty, gotten through pretty unscathed, I would say, or maybe you just haven't told me.
1: No, it's, it's the former, it's the unscathed, mm-hmm. but there's definitely some things that set me off when I see people fighting or whenever I see that like shooting on the news, that's something that sort of sets me off. I'm just like, okay, I can't be optimistic about this. There's sure. no positive way to look at this. Yeah.
0: So, you know, a lot of teenagers have kind of stood up um, recently who have said, you know, we, we need the adults to vote on the right things, to do the right things, to have more protection for us. Um, this is a common question, and my podcast is not a political podcast, So we won't get into the politics of things. But I'm just curious from your standpoint. I don't know if any of the other kids have talked about it. But one of the things that's really in the news right now is adults trying to figure out. And some of the teenagers have gotten into this conversation on whether or not they should have guns. Like um, teachers having guns or more security where security have weapons in order to provide better security at the school. So I'm just kind of curious what your opinion
1: is on that. Um. I think with all of this school shootings and stuff, I have seen some noticeable changes around the school. Um, so for example, I think after one of the like really big shootings, um, when I came to school like the next day, there was like at least maybe like there were two deputy sheriffs. Oh, there were two deputy deputy sheriffs, and I honestly. I saw them with handguns and one of them had like a bunch of equipment on her. And I'm just like, is somebody actually planning to come here? And so even though I knew in my head that nobody was really going to come here as as a, of now as I thought, um, I just, I thought that somebody was going to come and that if somebody like even did a, even a little harm that one of the officers would get into it in a more violent way.
0: Would you personally feel safer if there was teachers that were armed, or would that make you uncomfortable?
1: That would make me extremely uncomfortable, because I feel as if when the teachers... Because some teachers are obviously less nicer than others. Some of them are really awful teachers, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. They don't really care about the students. They just care about... Teaching them and getting their money, mm-hmm. um, and so one of the things I, I would definitely feel very uncomfortable with that. So like, um, I had this really I didn't really like this algebra teacher I had in my last school, and I honestly feel that if I was still there and the whole shooting incident happened and they and they had armed the teachers, I feel as if that uh, some teachers if the kids really misbehaved, they would threaten them with the gun. Mm. And that's an extreme scenario, but I still realize that could still happen. since like, And we don't know what's going on in those teachers' lives. And mm. so we might say something that upsets them or triggers them, and if something triggers them, they might pull their trigger. Interesting.
0: Um, such a hard situation, I think, for parents and for kids. Um, and so I appreciate you being honest on that. Um, so you are a military kid. We have moved a lot as a family. In fact, I think it's possible that we have moved more than the average military family. And so we have averaged lately, I would say moving every year and a half. And I think that for you, you have almost been in a new school almost every year, mm-hmm. or like every other year, or sometimes moving in between. Um, so, And so here we are, we're in about to start summer, and you're about to start a new high school. And even though we haven't moved, you're still starting a new school, probably with a bunch of new kids still. There's a couple of friends that will be going with you. Um, so you'll have at least one good friend that is gonna be in the same program that you're gonna be in. And classes. so why don't you talk for just a minute of your experience being a military kid, moving as much as you have, and what has that been like for you?
1: So definitely being a military kid, it, it has its perks. But um, it also has its it has its advantages and disadvantages. Um, a definite advantage is you get to make friends all over the place. So, mm-hmm. um, but you never really get to have those friends for long. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you have friends and then you tell them that you're gonna like move in the next year, seeing their reactions, it almost makes me feel good and bad. So for example, so for example. I was in this class and I had, we were talking about like GPAs and how those are going to like transfer to our next school. And so I asked the teacher what's going to happen when after ninth grade, when I moved to Kansas. And so I think like several people in the class were like, you're moving to Kansas after ninth grade. And so I think they were just really shocked to figure out that I was going yet again. Mm-hmm. And you had just gotten here yeah, for a lot of them. right? Like, Come and then go. Come and then go. It's that's definitely one of the big things about military life. A military life, you come and you go, and you come and you go, and there's like no stopping it almost.
0: So one of my favorite things that I've heard you say um, was shortly after we moved here, we had come from Virginia, where you had to take Virginia history. And then we got here, and you were taking South Carolina history now. No,
1: and we were, we, I was taking civics. Oh,
0: civics. But I remember your comment when we got here was, you know, why do I have to learn? It was something like, why do I have to learn South Carolina history? Like, why only study this state's history when we could just study the whole country? I know. Like, it seems so small to study one state. Yes. When you've been exactly to a lot of states... Said. Right, and so what I thought that was so interesting to me because here's a military kid who has been to so many states already, that he sees the world in a much bigger place than it feels like the town sees itself. I don't, I'm not necessarily saying that that's true, but that's what it can feel like when South Carolina is only studying South Carolina.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, they love themselves.
0: <laughs> Every state does, I think, to some degree. South and Carolina,
1: in higher extent.
0: And I've heard from other. Parents, other military parents, they've said the same thing that like their kids have gone to so many different states. They learn like half of that state's history because they keep moving and they never get like a full year sometimes of of one state's history. They just have a collection of a little bits of information all over the country. So that was one of the my favorite things that you said though because I thought to myself. That's a really awesome perspective for a military kid to realize the world is a much bigger place. And we do need to know our state's history. And, and some of, each of the states have some very unique history. But your perspective is much bigger than I would even think that it would be. So I thought that was awesome. So it definitely has its downsides. Um, tell me what it's like for you as a military kid to move to a new school and to try to fit in. What is that like for you? You've done it so many times you've been to what two or three middle schools two middle
1: schools two middle schools my first half of sixth grade was in an elementary
0: yeah and by the time you graduate high school you will have been in three high schools which is not what we wanted Eight for schools you total yeah a lot so you have a lot of experience of try- of going into a brand new school and meeting new kids and then what do we do to like try to make friends and so what do you do when you walk into a new school
1: so I definitely am nervous at first like a lot of the the big question whenever I walk in is just like will people like me for who I am cuz definitely being in middle school it, it, it gives a lot of a lot more pressure than an elementary school like elementary school everybody has the same class all day and everybody's best buds and it's no problem but when you get to middle school and it's like you're switching classes and everybody's got something different, and they all and they all have much, much more diverse uh, personalities. It's it's really hard to make friends because you look at that and you say, like, what's gonna happen? Like, it's not gonna be as easy as I thought it was. And so, uh, my first friend here actually turned out to be. Um, the same person that helped me on my first day of school. And what so, did he do
0: that helped you? Because so, you came mid semester, was mid year. Yeah. So what did you? What did he do?
1: So when we went to like, so when we came here, uh, we went to like the day before the first day of school, and we had everything, and there was this one guy that was going to show me around the school and he said he would get there early as well as I did so I got here early and so did he and um he never showed up Mm -hmm. he didn't show up to help me see around the school and so I'm standing there and I'm just like waiting for him in the main office and this one guy comes up this one black kid his name is Elijah he turned out to be my very best friend and he's like you okay dude? and so I said, I told him my predicament and he said, I'll show you around the school. Mm -hmm. And so he was there for me. He was the one guy who was willing to help me. And whenever I see people do that, I just, my heart just goes, yes, this is what we need to, we need to be more like this.
0: I, you know, you're such good friends with Elijah and, and ultimately that's what made it possible, I think even for us to become friends with his parents is that um, what a great kid he is, and he's also a military kid. Mm-hmm, so but that, his dad's made a, retiring. yeah, it made a huge difference though for another military kid um, to reach out to you. What has this school system done right?
1: Um, for you, it has experience? been much, much more welcoming. Like,
0: what specifically do they do, or did they do, to make it more welcoming? In case there might be a school teacher that's listening. That maybe works with military kids, and they can take it back to their school and go, "Hey, here's some really good things that
1: work." So, I think the main thing is just you got to be positive. You got to, you got to, even if you don't know if they're a military kid or not, just know that they've moved here and they need help learning the ropes. And so, you got to be there for them. You got to be able to finish up what you're doing, but also be able to include them. So for example, one teacher in elementary school, uh, when I moved from somewhere else and I got there, um, they, they had started learning division and I hadn't even, I didn't even know what division meant at the time. I didn't even know what the heck it was. And so uh, one of the great things that that teacher did for me is they helped me learn uh, division really fast, but really well so that way I could stay with the class. Uh, same thing here. My math teacher really helped me get along. Like I had to learn slope-intercept forms and stuff, and so I had no idea what that was, but she just helped me get along with it really fast.
0: Did they spend um, separate time with you? What did they do specifically that helped you catch up?
1: I think it might have been an inconvenience to the rest of the class, but it happened in class when they helped me, mm-hmm. but it was usually when the others were working on their own work, so awesome. it helped at the same time. Um one of the things that definitely helped me was my science teacher. She's incredibly funny. She like makes a joke like with a lot of things. She does funny sound effects and I think I'm the only one in the classrooms that classroom that finds them a little funny. I don't know if it'll be if it's immature of me or not, but I find it just not only does it help me remember facts and stuff better, but I just feel that she's much She's much more friendlier. She, she wants to connect with the kids and make sure they have a good education.
0: So a couple of things that I'm hearing is that teachers who have been kind, who think about maybe what it's like for you or, or helping all the kids in the room kind of be at the same pace, giving a little bit of extra attention if you need it, um, teachers that have been creative in making it fun... Has made a big difference too i know a few minutes ago you were talking about there are some teachers that don't seem to really feel invested in the kids and um they're just there to collect a paycheck like you said um so having creative teachers makes a huge difference i think for any kid to want to be at school so okay so let's talk for a minute about cell phones because i know we were going to talk about that a minute ago so um talk to me about middle school and cell phones or smartphones what is that what is middle school like I know this school actually had a rule that you're not supposed to have
1: you're, smartphones. You're, you're not allowed to have them out in class. Like, it's okay to have them in your pocket, but the ringer, they have to be turned on silent and basically not heard and not seen.
0: So, this is different from Charlottesville, where everybody had them out all the time listening to music and using them. And I mean, like, I could text you in the middle of the day in Charlottesville. Whereas here, like, you've told me that you'd get in trouble to responding to a text. Yeah,
1: i just have to ask my teacher if I could answer it because I think it would be you.
0: Yeah. So do other kids have smartphones?
1: Um, yes, most, most of the kids there have smartphones. And most of the time, they use it for music when they're allowed to. Like, so, for example, if there was a substitute teacher and they asked them after they finished their work if they could listen to music and the teacher said it was okay, they'd, like, pull out their phone... Plug their headphones in and listen to some music and, like, just kind of do what they want. Mm -hmm. Not really on their phone, but just, like, do what they want.
0: Now, are you in any situations, like, I think that it's sometimes different with boys than girls, but um, are there any conversations about social media and Um, connecting on social media?
1: One of the things definitely is that I think the girls are more social media centric. While the boys are just more like game centric. Like the boys oh, yeah. are more focused on video games and cell phones. <clears throat> and I think the girls are more focused on like social media and cell phones and video games.
0: That's actually a really good point. I had not thought about that so, because you guys connect with each other over Xbox. And I mean, like you even play with your cousin in a completely different state um, playing games through your Xbox, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas you're saying a lot of the girls are doing more social media stuff. Mm-hmm, definitely. <clears throat> that was, I had not thought about that at all. So um, that kind of takes us back to the video game topic, which is if you're going to connect with your friends, that can cause a huge dilemma if you're not on the same games that they are. Like I know that there's been a couple times that yes. you wanted to connect with a friend and you guys talk. You're able to even talk to each other while you're playing a yeah, game. Through,
1: through the, like the console mm-hmm. and we're able to talk to each other through it. And so, for example, we were at our grandmother's this one time, and this is the first um, scenario that I had with Fortnite. And so uh, Noah was, my uh, friend Noah was on, and he called me and he asked us, say hey, dude, why don't you ask, why don't you get Fortnite? So, like, it was, it was just starting out as the big craze at the time. But he asked me that, and I said, okay, we watched the trailer. We didn't think it was that big of a deal. Jackson didn't, but I thought, I was like, mom and dad are definitely going to say no to this. And so we FaceTimed you guys and showed you guys the trailer via the phone, and the first thing, as soon as the first shot was pulled off, dad said, nope. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that he said that, because even though it's, it's a lot of pressure in middle school when you have people who play like Fortnite and stuff which which is the biggest like craze of all time right now. And um, you have like those people and then you have people who don't really mind that and then you have people who have like absolutely nothing and they're pressured like all all of the time. And so it's it's it, it's like a burden almost. And I respect that burden, but it's a burden almost to be able to be prohibited from doing the sort of things that other people do because a lot of the times it would make you popular if you say like oh i got like all 99 kills in a game or something like that's pretty much just like taking out everybody and winning by yourself
0: i wonder though and this is a question for you i wonder though um where does it end right like let's say we let you play Fortnite with your friends but then it's going to be about how often you get to play Fortnite. And then there's like kids that are able to play video games a lot longer than you guys like are able to play. All day. I mean, does the, does the teasing or the ribbing each other on that really um, change or does it really end if like we are able to say yes to this, but now there's these other group of things we can't say yes to? Because there's some kids that are playing for 10 and 13 hours on a weekend. Mm -hmm. And we would still have to put some limits at some
1: point. I definitely agree with you that the ribbing and teasing, it would never end. Like, because until you have, like, pretty much maximum freedom that, like, do whatever the heck you want. We don't give a crap. Mm -hmm. Um, Until that happens, like, you're going to get teased on. And I, I definitely get teased on for that. So, for example, I remember a day where my friend said, he was like, oh, I played Fortnite till 1 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. hope you're functioning well.
0: <laughs> the next day, right? Yeah. So that's. I mean, I think that's tough for us as parents because we could say yes to some things, but there's always going to be the next thing that that leads to whether or not we have to say yes and the next thing too. And so I think the important thing that, parents to think about and something that daddy and I are always talking about too is that it's as long as it's always a conversation I hope you feel like it's always a conversation that you can have with us that if there's a reason why we need to take a second look at a game if there are rules that you feel like we need to talk through and adjust that you feel like you can come and talk to us and we can at least have a dialogue about it
1: and we are open to hearing I've yeah I've done that with you several times and Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of the time, I've I've agreed on the points that you've made. Sometimes I've disagreed.
0: Okay, so there's another question that I want to ask you that I've noticed with kids your age and teenagers, and that is the academic pressure that I see kids under. So I I was sitting there with your school counselor when he was describing high school to both of us, and one of the things that he said that surprised me a whole lot was um, that high school now is what college was for us. So in other words... Going into high school, they're basically asking high school students to kind of pick a major. Mm
1: -hmm. And I've noticed a major and a minor, definitely. Yeah. And so Uh, I've. My high school that I'm going to, they have a barbering class.
0: Well, there was that. There's a medical track. There is. You are actually in a program um, this coming year that's business and law.
1: Business and law, yeah. Yeah.
0: And so um, basically. Human geography? They're giving. Um, students the opportunity to try out these career tracks to see if it's something that they actually want to do and then go to spend that money in college on whereas for us we used to do all these core classes and then pick that major in college to try and so what I have seen from my experience of parenting you is that there is a lot of pressure on grades and volunteering and Um, they're already talking to you, even in middle school, about getting ready for college. Mm -hmm. And so I know, again, this is your experience. You don't know anything different. But what is it like for you to be a student and a kid um, today in today's educational system and how they teach and get you ready for career and for
1: college? So one of the big, big things, like, so for example, we had a pep rally uh, the other day and we had the cheerleaders come out and they were doing crazy flips and stuff and they did this big like dance session and then the next one they're doing this whole like song and they're just like clapping and dancing and they're saying get hyped for college and absolutely like nobody spoke a word during it. They're just like, I'm either like, and it was like the whole school was in there and nobody said a word I think because they like didn't really find it that enjoyable and I didn't find it that enjoyable either but I know that
0: is it because you felt like they were pushing college, or... Sort of
1: pushing college, but it's also, like, it's a pep rally, and even though it's a pep rally...
0: Like, why are we talking about college instead of football kind of thing?
1: College instead of, like, watching some teachers get pied in the face. Perhaps. Oh,
0: I didn't know they were pieing teachers in the face. That sounds fun. Yeah, they did They did
1: it there. <laughs> it was fun. Um, so,
0: not as fun of a topic,
1: basically. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very serious topic. Um, I've already considered schools I've gone to. We had... In fact, the other day, since we're all done with math and stuff, we had to basically take like a Google Doc and then we had to write down two or like a Google Slides and be like, already right, two colleges I want to go to when I'm all done. Now like, what's the cost for tuition? What's the cost for room and board? What's the cost for a meal plan? And then it's like, what GPA do you need to get in there? And so, um, Like when I had to research it, I found out Gardner Webb is like a seven, a three point seventy two, and so when I when and we had to calculate our own GPAs as well with our middle school grades, and my unweighted score is almost there. It's a three point sixty seven, which
0: we are super proud of, by the way. And you push yourself really hard, and so I know you're also friends with a lot of kids that make good grades and work really hard on their um, on their school and academics. Um, so I was going to ask, do you? F- I know that you sometimes struggle with anxiety with your grades and with school. Do any of your friends, do you feel like, also struggle with that? Uh,
1: with grades and stuff?
0: Not necessarily struggling with their grades, or but maybe being anxious about getting good grades and... Mm-hmm. Y-
1: yes. I, w- I would say yes, definitely. Like, I think it's not a big deal, as big a deal as some uh, people think, but... Uh, they do think about it. Um, One of the things though, the school does put a lot of pressure on getting those good grades.
0: Well, what's interesting to me is that you are in middle school. I wasn't even tracking GPA scores and college tuition in middle school. In fact, I didn't even calculate tuition in high school. Like I never had to do that either. Um, so I think it's interesting that they're in middle school already. I think it can be a good thing that they're educating you this on this already because it makes you realize what grades are for. Um, I think that, like you said, it can also cause a lot of pressure too, um, which leads me to um, I have two questions left for you because you're yawning, and I think that's what a 14-year-old boy does. The fact that you have talked with me straight for 40 minutes is unbelievable. So <laughs> that's more than most teenage boys would ever do. So I, think I have, so. I have two more questions for you. One question is about technology because you've had Chromebooks throughout your entire middle school experience. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize until you mentioned this that because you weren't able to use your cell phone to text a friend that was in class, I had never thought of this before, but you guys actually use Google Docs to talk to each other. Yeah. where you share a Google Doc with each other as a way of messaging each other in class.
1: Well, most of the time, like, um, if people do it, they talk face to face, but it was the one day that I actually did this, it was on a sensitive topic that I think, I think was sensitive to me, but maybe not to, uh, Elijah, but some guy had, when called we were at lunch, name. called him an uh, inappropriate name, um, mostly having to do with his race, mm-hmm. um. And I just, I felt really offended that not only was I called that, but Elijah was called that as well. And so I just felt the next day, you know what? I need to talk to Elijah about this. But it was, I thought it was such a sensitive topic that we couldn't really do it face to face in the middle of class.
0: So two things on that. Number one, I'm proud of you for reaching out to your friend and checking on him to see how he was doing. Um, number two, for it's a very interesting use of technology that I would not have thought of. I mean, we use that in work all the time to talk with people and work on projects with teams together. But how interesting and creative that kids are now using Google
1: Docs to text each other if they can't pull their devices out. It's pretty smart. Well, I- most people aren't. I just did that in that one scenario. When they're talking, they're talking face-to-face. I have a
0: feeling that there are probably other kids that are doing that, too. Yeah, I haven't seen so. <laughs> it yet, but I have a
1: feeling there are, too. Yeah.
0: Um, so, very interesting on that. So, okay, last question. And that is, um, in the next episode, I'm actually going to be interviewing Alex from Young Life and talking a little bit about Young Life and um, introducing everybody listening to how Young Life can really help if you're a military kid. And so um, we're going to be talking in the next episode about not only Young Life, but how Young Life has what's called Club Beyond for, that's a Young Life group for military kids mm. specifically. And so without going into too much detail, Young Life is like a, gl- not, not a glorified youth group. It is kind of a youth group, but you can find it at every town, every school pretty much that you go it's to. like
1: everywhere in the U.S. And, and it, th- overseas. overseas yeah. it's like Europe, I think India.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic thing. And, and so we as a family decided to get you are the first person um, Jack will be able to join here soon, but get you involved in Young Life. And our, our plan for that was to have you be part of something that no matter where we move, Young Life is going to feel the same for you. And so I would love to, to have you share um, what you enjoy about Young Life and um, maybe a little bit about what it's done for you. Um, I know you haven't, it's only been a couple years that you've been doing it, but maybe there's somebody out there that's never heard of Young Life and never heard of Club Beyond, and maybe their military team could use something like that. So why don't you share a little bit about your experience of
1: it? So when I was at middle school at my last place, it was wildlife. You have wildlife for middle school and then Young Life for high school, and then you have Club Beyond, which is for middle school and high school, but it's military military kids. Um, It's helped me through a lot. Uh, I remember several times when we had a Bible study within wildlife at my last school. And whenever I had a sensitive topic, I could talk with the leaders about it. They're They're people from college. And so they sort of understand what you've been through. And so a lot of the sensitive topics, like if you're having like a really bad guy come up to you and he's bullying you every day or just you have a bad friend, you can really talk with those people and they will help you through that. They they always encourage like positivity, and they're, they're the best, honestly. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you had a great experience in Charlottesville with your Young Life leader who would sometimes come and pick you up and take you to Young Life meetings or bring you home.
1: Yeah, he um, was until he went and got a career, and then the next one yeah. was still that good. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so, I mean, they've just really done a great job of reaching out to you specifically. So what are you looking forward to here in Columbia and in getting involved in Young Life High School? Um...
1: I'm looking forward to it being like wildlife, but I think being on a higher scale since a lot of the stuff at wildlife. I think it might be on a little bit... I thought it would be calmer at um, Young Life, but as evident when we went to that big color war thing, it was not. It was crazy, wasn't crazy, it? Crazy, and I love... But crazy awesome. I, I love those crazy awesome events. They always like have the best time and then they have like these two actors come up mm-hmm. they had like two people two of the college people dressed up as old like people and old people saying we broke out of the nursing home <laughs> it was funny <laughs> it was very funny and so they just they try to make you laugh and they just encourage everything mm-hmm. and so honestly i just look forward to seeing more of that
0: Do you think you want to be a Young Life college leader when you go off to
1: college? Definitely. And they do high school as well. Like, uh, I think there's some, Mm -hmm. when you get to a certain point, you can be a, a high school leader. And so I'm honestly looking forward to being one of those.
0: Well, you have been awesome for this podcast episode and I love you so much. And I just think that you're the most amazing kid ever. And I'm so proud of who you are and for the things you stand up for and um, you've already proven your character character to your dad and I over and over again, your integrity. And we're just really proud of how hard you work in school and for the things you've had to stand up for. We did not even get to talk about um, how you did have actually somebody that not only bullied you, but followed up that bullying with threatening to actually kill you. Mm. And you actually stood up for yourself. And I fought back. You fought back. Quite literally. You got in-school suspension for like a day. a day. Half a day. But that vice principal was actually very proud of you for standing up for yourself and for talking about you used it. used to
1: be the counselor.
0: Yes. And he was awesome. And so I'm just so proud of you. and proud of who you are um, and for the way that you also are compassionate and protective of other people. So thank you for doing this with me. Thank you for being awesome at just being our son and being awesome at being Aiden Weathers.
1: I'm a big fan. Thanks, Mom. Love you.
0: Good job. <laughs>